Hi, this is Laura Camacho, and I'm the communication coach at Mixonian Institute, and this is our Speak Up podcast. Hope I can say it right. And this is episode 87, and I have a special guest today. All my guests are special, but today's special guest is Sarah Williams-Scalise. If you live in Charleston, you probably know her because she's a super connector. She's only been in town, I think, like three years. She'll tell you in a minute, but she like knows everybody in town. So if you don't know her, you really should. And she represents Blueprint Insurance in uh, Mount Pleasant. And you, she's just um, such an interesting, smart young woman. I admire her so much. And I'm delighted to have you on the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me. So tell us how long have you been in town? Yeah, so you're right on. We moved here in November of 2015. So I guess it's closer to three and a half years. Mm -hmm. But who's counting? Right. And this what and this and this job with Blueprint is that's when you started with insurance, right? Right. So I started with Blueprint April 1st of 26, 2017. So it's okay. been just over two years now. Great. Well, let's pop right in, Sarah. It's hard sure. to believe that you would have ever had a conversation not go well, but I you must have one since you agreed to be a guest on the show. Would you like to kind of set it up for the audience? Yeah. So in the past, just over two years of being with Blueprint, my primary focus has been getting super engaged and super connected with the community. So we are a boutique insurance agency. So we thrive off of knowing our clients and knowing exactly what they need and then them referring us to new clients. So most of my time, to be honest with you, is spent either meeting with people for lunch, meeting with people for coffee, and doing a lot of networking, in air quotes, events. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes those events, at this point, I'm seeing a lot of people that I know and I recognize and I'm mostly catching up. But -hmm. at the beginning, it was a lot of meeting new people for the very first time. And first time interactions can go many different directions, and sometimes people just don't go into these interactions with the same intentions. So my challenging conversation was at an event. It was a post-work event. So people are drinking, you know, a beer or a glass of wine, kind of loosening up. And we're kind of in this holding area waiting for the doors to open for this event. And I am 30 years old, a female, And I was speaking to an older gentleman who was probably mid to late 50s, I would say, and dressed in a suit, um, suit pants and a button-up shirt. And I introduced myself and I asked what he does here in Charleston and if he's been to that specific event before since it's a monthly event. And he was pretty touchy-feely with me, um, kind of like put his armor on me. Mind you, this is the first time I've met this guy in my entire oh my life. I'm surrounded by other people that I kind of know, you know, and <laughs> just saying, oh, oh, that's a, that's a real shame that you're married and, uh, you know, making weird comments that were completely inappropriate and uncalled oh for, definitely not welcomed. And that was hard for me because I didn't know in my, I'm sure my face was flushed because I was feeling all sorts of 
you know, rage <laughs> towards this yes, man and course. how could you and why, why are you doing this? Do you even understand what you're saying kind of thing? So I just kind of disengaged from the conversation. I said, well, you know, enjoy the event and maybe I'll see you afterwards because they do more networking afterwards and walked away and then walked towards people that I knew and engaged in conversation with them, made sure that when we went into the venue and sat down that I wasn't sitting anywhere near him. And then <laughs> when the event was over, I promptly left the venue so that I wouldn't run into him. And I haven't seen him since. Um, but there was another networking event and it was an after hours event and it was a very similar situation. It's an older mm -hmm. gentleman. It was my, one of my friends and I, and he was just being very touchy feely, very creepy, similar comments to her about being married. Um, so these are, these are definitely not one off situations. It's so bad, Sarah. And that's the kind of thing you know, of course, as someone who peddles communication skills training, I like to think that communication can solve a lot of problems, but, and it can, but it cannot solve everything and not every conversation. Like you can go back in some cases and say, well, I could have done this or I could have done that. I could have prepared better. But when someone is clearly inappropriate in this kind of situation, there is not a lot you can do. It's, a, it's just a pity that it's still happening. And as you know, in 2019, I, it, I'm really, it's really sad. And you had never had that kind of experience uh, before moving here? Do you think that's a Southern thing or do you think it's just a no, networking thing? I think it's a networking thing. You know, I think that some people go to these events with the intent of making friends. Some people want new connections. Some people are scouting business and some people are maybe in it for a subliminal messaging way. So I think maybe there's just a miscommunication on why I was at the event. Um, I'm not really sure <laughs> what I conveyed that made him think that I would be interested in that type of oh, conversation. Yes. But I tried to keep it like, oh, so what do you do? How long have you been doing that? And he was answering the questions while also making awkward remarks. So Yes. Well, I've had, um, I haven't had that happen in a networking event, but I've had very inappropriate LinkedIn messages sent to me. And wow. it al always makes me wonder, like, what are they thinking? I mean, are, is, do they have any kind, do they have a success rate above zero? Because I just find it so repulsive that I just cannot, cannot imagine anybody giving them the time of day is you know online or you know at a networking event it would be different if you met and became friends and then something happened but it's really just it's just a pity and i and i <laughs> i really don't even know what to say to, there, i don't think there's anything you can do to prevent it except to <laughs> if you see the people again but it sounds like since you, you get out a lot at these events, you're not seeing them over and over again. So I don't think that they're regulars on the circuit of networking, right. building their businesses. They're like, oh, I'm going to go pick up some chick tonight and 
they go to it. They want somebody smart, I guess, or make <laughs> somebody making money. So they try their luck at that. But I really cannot imagine that being a successful endeavor. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm sure that yes. there are people listening who are going, yes, that happened to me too, because that was the purpose of, um, of why I switched this, switched up the podcast is to get, you know, people who are in business who are actually doing things, making things happen and being successful. But we all have conversations that don't go well when you ask for something and you don't get it or someone, you know, feels threatened by you and it shuts you down or in your case, uh, someone, um, it makes inappropriate eye contact, shall we say. Wow. Well, I'm sorry that happened. Um, I guess um, smacking them in the face probably would not be the, the right <laughs> approach, but it's definitely tempting. I'm told violence, though, is not the answer. And Maybe then, the second time around. <laughs> Maybe the second time around, yes. Oh, my goodness. I wonder if complaining or just letting the event coordinator know that that is happening, if that would help, or what can we do to create awareness besides, hello, everybody, <laughs> networking is not for picking up people. Um, <laughs> I yeah. did let the organizer know of one of the events, and he said that he's never heard of that happening before, but it's probably one of those things where people don't want to talk to talk someone about, about it, it or right. admit that it happened to them and they were uncomfortable. So he did say if it did happen again to let him know, cause he's always at the events too. So. Well, Sierra, thank you for sharing that. And is there another conversation, maybe one that had an impact on your life that turned out better or that maybe there were more factors under your control? Because with definitely the thing about communication is that it's not coercion. You cannot force people and sometimes people are inappropriate or unresponsive in other cases. Definitely. And the funny story about this that also has to do with my current job was Blueprint. And it was just the fact that I agreed to have the conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes conversations are there for the taking and you can take them or leave them. And in this instance, I chose to take it. And that definitely has changed my life. So it was about a year after we moved to Charleston. I had been working for a very large uh, travel-related company and decided that that big corporate job just wasn't a good fit for me. And I started applying to small companies, I actually utilized the Digital Corridors website and applied to basically all of those companies on the website that seemed mm -hmm. small and were growing and had a lot of opportunity. And I heard back from a few, but nothing that was really significant, you mm -hmm. could say. So I applied to a real estate brokerage here in Mount Pleasant. And I have no business doing marketing, but it was a marketing job and the company looked cool. So I applied. And the broker in charge actually sent my resume to her husband, who is the owner of Blueprint Insurance. Mm -hmm. So he contacted me. And I kind of had the option if I wanted to meet with him and talk more about what it all meant to be an insurance agent, how Blueprint operates, what community means to Blueprint, which was my main focus is getting involved locally versus just traveling all across South Carolina at the time. And I was hesitant at first. I told myself, no, I talked to my husband about it. I was like, I really don't think insurance is a good fit for me, which is 
funny to say now after two years of doing it and loving yes. it. And yes. I think everyone I know can attest to the fact that I love my job. Yes. But, you know, I agreed to meet with him in person and have that first conversation. It was probably like half an hour, 45 minutes talking about why he started the agency, what he's done with it in the, in the last few years of, of starting it. He started in 2011 and how involved he wants to be with the community from an agency standpoint, which is not super common mm -hmm. in this world. And so that really spoke to me and what I was looking for at the time and still really enjoy about my job now. So that was really the most significant conversation that I've had in the past few years. And it absolutely hands down has changed my life. Wow, that is so cool. And it sounds like in a way he described the job in a way that changed what you thought it was going to be. And then you just found that it, it, it was everything and you know, work is always work, but that it unexpectedly was what you wanted, right? Absolutely. I mean, I did a lot of Googling of what an insurance agent is and how much they make and their daily responsibilities. But when you've got a boutique agency like we are at Blueprint, it's hard to check the boxes that bigger agencies or companies check. So mm -hmm. it, that wasn't really fair of me to make assumptions about what the job entailed. So that conversation was so detrimental. I mean, if we hadn't met in person, I probably never would have taken the job. Yeah. Wow. Imagine. Yes. And you might not be changing the world and making the community a stronger place like you do here. That is so cool. It's, yeah, it's about letting go of, of what your expectations are a little bit. And what you, when we think that we know something is, is when we don't know. And yep. when it closes us off to learning about the reality of something, that's a great story. Um, well, Sarah, you are a, as we've mentioned, you know, you're just a networking queen and you, and then, and you meet people in a very authentic way. Nobody feels like you're trying to, you know, pull one over on them. What do you, you know, if, and, and you didn't come from sales really. So how, what's your uh, advice for someone who wants to be better at networking or better at selling themselves or their service um, anywhere in, in the country, not just here in Charleston? What would, what's your experience and what would you share on that? So I've been doing some type of relationship slash sales related role since I graduated from college. It went from door-to-door, business-to-business, 100% commission sales, to selling to contractors and uh, engineers, building brand new skyscraper buildings in big cities, to what I do now, which is protecting our low country here in Charleston. So I would say this is the first round where I've had to really network and go to events and meet new people. And the first few months of being with Blueprint and going to chamber events and all these monthly events, and it was, it was stressful and it's hard because you walk into a room and you know nobody. Right. It's just like people don't want to go to a party by themselves. Right. You, know, you kind of want to bring like your buddy along who might know somebody and you can at least talk to each other, which is a good, good method to have at the beginning. But then you also have to realize as you get to know more people, 
that the biggest value add to that group is for you to know new people. Correct. So it becomes a balance of catching up with people you know and meeting new people, but not wanting to be rude to the people you already know. But at the beginning, it's definitely finding events that you think you would enjoy. I mean, Mm -hmm. don't go just to go. Don't be there just to be there. A lot of these groups and organizations in any market, they're going to have some kind of purpose or mission to them. And if that speaks to you, get involved. And if that really speaks to you, volunteer, you know, so start attending. If you love it, volunteer. I mean, when you're in the front of the room every single month for um, a recurring event, that's going to show anyone new in the room that you're the person to talk to and the tables will kind of turn, you know, you, instead of you having to go up to everybody, people will come up to you and ask you how long you've been volunteering and when you got started and what you do. And so that would be my advice. It's worked for me over the past two years. Right. To really get involved in what you're doing and to go to events that speak to you. And it's true that, well, first of all, when you go to one event more several times and you become comfortable but it's so much easier when you feel alignment with their vision and their goals and what they're about uh, with what um, and, and what's important to you. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, I really ap- appreciate that. Is there any other communication advice you'd like to leave with our audience? I would just say speak up. You know, if the, that first situation I mentioned happens, don't be afraid yes. to talk to someone else about I it. Agree. I, I think I that, agree. that's awkward, you know, and that's hard and maybe not the right time and place to say something at that point, but speak up after. Right. Sure. I, I, would, I echo that because a lot of people don't even know it's going on. And if they do know, they can say something and get the word and just I think if more people speak up, fewer people are, at least they're going to be a little bit more prudent about reaching out, making un- un- inappropriate advances in a business environment. Why don't they just go to a bar? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right? But, so um, true. Yes. Well, this has been so good. Thank you so much. And I want our audience to know if you're listening to this in the end of June, that Sarah's birthday is coming up. So it's a very important event. And um, anyway, she's a great, you should look her up. How can people get in touch with you if they want to find out more about Blueprint Insurance? What would be the best way? So our website is blueprotects.com. And you can look me up on LinkedIn, Sarah Williams hyphen Scullis. It's a lot and it's hard to spell. So good luck finding me. (laughs) But if you are persistent, you can find it. And I can always send you a link to her LinkedIn profile. All right, Sarah, thank you so much. And we're going to sign off now. All right. Bye-bye. 